Good morning, good morning. Okay, welcome on on Fridays. So, you know, um, I went to the gym yesterday and I asked the instructor, can you teach me how to do splits? And he said, how flexible are you? And I said, well, I can't make it on Tuesdays. <laughs> the Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to the Daily Huddle. The more terrible, the better. <laughs> they're terrible, they're terrible. I can't make it on Tuesday. I'm not flexible at all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you for being here, Rashida. CC, Virtue, Stan, Terrence, Raul, Liz, and all of you who join us on Facebook. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for opening your calendar. We like to say here that it is not a small thing that you're here. It truly is not a small thing you're here. And it is not a small thing you woke up this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, if I could, if I could cover the sun with one finger, I would say that if I could give any credit to the possibility that my life is, is because of the people that show up at the Daily Huddle. Thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you. So um, today we have a phenomenal conversation and our guests finally have been after this guy for about four months now. Finally, our guest is our beloved and mentor of my friend of mine, Mr. Sorel Kitan. Good morning, Sorel. Oh, man, it's hard to be a guest when I'm here every day, almost. <laughs> You're here every day. But every time I am here. Day. I am here this morning. And you looking forward to creating a conversation with you. I can't, I can't, Gio. Are you going to be my guest? I can't, Gio. I, you're here every day, but not as a guest. Thank you for being here as a guest, Sorel. Thank you for being here as a guest. Today's conversation is going to be about four things that most small business owners neglect that have the biggest impact on employee performance. Four things that most small business owners neglect that have the biggest impact on developing talent with people on the performance of people. So if you're interested in developing talent and having a team thriving, today's conversation is for you. I'm going to say just a few things about yourself, even though all of us know you. However, there's a few people that stop by on Facebook and they want to know who you are. So I'm just going to say a little bit of tip of the iceberg of who you are, and then we're going to dive into these four things that most small businesses neglect. So a little bit about Sorrel. Sorrel is a human behavior and transformational expert. He is the creator of launching you, access to being the leader you most respect. He's trusted advisor of CEOs, founder, owner, owners, and key executives of small and medium-sized businesses. Sorrel is also the founder and CEO of ExecuFit, a business consulting firm dedicated to empowering leaders to discovering hidden barriers to high performance and create share plans to build, sustain, an environment 
an environment for high performance. So, Rob, thank you for being here. Thank you for being hey, here. Thank you. Thank you. You know, this, this is the kind of conversation you and I have on a regular basis. And this one we're sharing with the whole world. So I, I cannot be more delighted than, than to be here with you, to be here with the Daily Huddle family in this capacity. So uh, um, most of you may already know that Susan and I started a business in 2005. And this whole context of the four things that most small business uh, owners neglect is coming from the assumption I'm making that because I neglected them, that maybe most small businesses neglect them too. <laughs> so we started in 2005, as you can imagine, uh, I'm starting this business on a shoestring. We're literally in the back of uh, a Toyota Camry. It was a white Toyota Camry sitting on uh, South Hairston Road down in Latonia, Georgia. And we said yes to starting a business. And it was myself, and three other gentlemen, plus Susan in the background doing accounting and doing all that good stuff, right? So here's what I neglected, or at least thought, if I did just what I thought I could do, because that's what the business can handle at this point, it would be enough. But across time, I discovered it's not enough. There is more that I could do that I didn't do. So. I'm coming to you this morning to suggest that when small businesses start, business owners think that the salary that the business dictates money-wise that they can pay is enough. And it should be enough to drive employee performance. Here's what I discovered. It wasn't. In fact, what I discovered and continue to neglect is that when it comes to human needs, at the very basic level, people need to get their physiological needs met. They need to get their safety needs met. And then they get to need to have their love and belonging needs met. So when it comes to being in business, I neglected that at the beginning. I thought if I paid you and you were doing your job, if I paid you and I thought I was paying you a fair salary, it was your job to now generate performance for me because I'm paying you. When in fact, unless as a business owner, I actually have my attention on and actually take care of that first before the business. I'm not talking about ruining the business, driving it into the ground, but I'm talking about actually looking for myself and going, okay, if I'm going to take care of all the physiological needs of my employees as a business, all of their needs for safety as a business, and all of their needs for love, being loved and belonging so that they may perform, I have to look at it differently. It's not just the salary. So I had to go to work actually had to go to work to say, what happens if one of my employees has a flat tire and they can't fix it because they don't have enough money to do that? At first, when I looked, 
I said, well, gosh, you know, that's their car. That's their tire. They need to fix it. And then I had to look at safety needs. If they live in an area of uh, town where they're constantly worried about their own physical safety, how does that impact their performance? So it's a whole bunch of things that as a business owner, I first said was the employee's job that I discovered is really the corporation's job, my job as the business owner. So when it comes to my physiological needs, your physiological needs, when it comes to the needs to feel safe and the needs to love and belong, I have an obligation as a corporation to take care of those needs before I can say, now go perform. So I've said what those four things are. Now, here's my take on why they impact performance, Gio. So, Rel, before you say uh, why they impact performance, could you number them? Yeah. I got lost in two. So the first one is when 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 I was when I was in school, I got connected to this triangle called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. And at the very bottom of the pyramid are the physiological needs of human beings. Yes. Those are the needs for me to eat, sleep and be safe. Mhm. Second are my safety needs, the needs for me to know that I can go outside of my home and be in a safe environment. I'm not going to get shot. I'm not going to get run over by a car. I'm not going to get mugged. Mm -hmm. And right above that is the need for me to feel loved and to belong. Mm -hmm. Love and belonging are three and four. So physiological needs, safety needs, loving, being loved, and feeling like I belong. So so what I'm hearing you're saying, right, is that something to consider, right, as a small business owner, as a medium-sized business owner, is that I provide a paycheck. And whatever you do with the paycheck is your business, right? You're, you're already the employee of this company. Whatever you do with the paycheck is your business. Your needs for where you eat, how you sleep, it's your business, right? Your safety, where you're living and how you live, your business. How you feel at home or here, whether you feel that you're part of this. Your business. Your business. And whether you feel that you belong here, that you're part of something big, your business. So what you're saying is that Perhaps even on Mansla hierarchical, need, hierarchical needs, as a business owner, I'm, I am perhaps it's in my blind spot that I'm neglecting these very essential needs as that's their business. And there is an opportunity for me as, as a business owner to engage in, a, in that question. Well, how do I provide support to this very important hierarchical needs is what I'm hearing you're saying. Yeah. And, and I, I want to rephrase the question you just asked to say, does the salary I pay them afford them the ability to meet those needs? 
in a way that's adequate? Can they actually eat as a family? Can they actually have a car for transportation? Or do they have to take the bus and ride for two hours before they get to work? Work starts at eight, so they have to get up at 5 a.m. And they do that. So it's not like I am physically attending to those needs for them. As a business owner, I actually have to look and have the financial model of the business be structured such that the salaries of my employees, the benefits I pay them, ensure that they, for themselves, can address those needs in an adequate way. Unless I do that, what I discovered in my own experience, Gio, is unless I do that, uh, I don't have a leg to stand on in demanding or requesting performance. And this is where the second uh, wave of this conversation comes for me. So how does that impact performance? What I found in my own experience is that when my employees cannot meet those needs, that cannot have their attention focused on anything other than meeting those needs. So an employee comes to work and I say, you've got 50 units to do. I want you to do it this way. Here are the quality requirements. At first, I would say to myself, you know, what is your work ethic? Why can't you do the job you get paid for? But over time, I discovered there is a link. And it's inextricable that they're connected, that the easier life is for one of my employees. And the more the salary I pay them facilitates that life, the better performers they become. Mm -hmm. So why do those four things impact performance? is precisely this, that unless those needs are met at a level and people reach a threshold, and for some people that threshold is different, right? And people reach a threshold where they say to themselves, hmm, I'm satisfied. I can meet my physiological needs. I can eat, I can sleep. I have transportation. I have good access to healthcare. I'm safe in the neighborhood where I live. The salary I'm paid affords me the ability to stay in that neighborhood. And the organization inside of which I'm operating has created an environment where I feel welcome, I feel wanted, I feel loved, and I'm connected to something that I'm proud of. I say that's my job as a business owner. And until I create a level in the employee's compensation where they're satisfied, I'm always battling to get good performance while sticking to my guns that what I'm paying them is enough and that they should just do their darn job. Yeah. What, so <laughs> one of the things I hear, and, and I think um, there, there's the aspect of the basic needs, right? Eat, sleep, roof over the table that 
in many ways, business owners will think, well, I'm already providing that. The salary is providing that. Mm-hmm. And, but what and but one of the things I hear in the in this conversation that you're saying is it's not only that. There is the kind of uh be there's the kind of way of being interested as a business owner that being very interested in the employees life lifestyle if you will where there is education on what the safety looks like yeah. actually provide more safety for yourself yeah there is also there is being interested in the in the employees uh um way of feeling inside of a company where I actually feel that I belong here, not that I'm getting paid, that I'm a number. Because most people feel a number in a company, like they're a number. And uh, they're there to fulfill a position. And uh, and I don't know if you remember when you were an employee, there was always this fear, I can be changed anytime. I can be you know, replaced anytime. And, and, a, and, a, and a manager would say, Everybody can be replaced here. Do your job. <laughs> right? And then it has people walking on eggshells, afraid, not talking. So there's no belonging. There's no feeling of I'm part of something bigger than myself. And what I hear in what you're saying is it's critical for a business owner to pay attention to not only the, the, the basic ones, which is a salary that can get you from work to, to your job and pay the basic needs, but also the education that gives people a, a better quality of life. It's what I'm hearing you're saying. Uh, it's that, Gio. And it's also uh, this, what um, what Susan and I discovered at QM3 is that until we started paying attention to that, the employees were just that. They were just numbers. And you know what? Conversely, they treated us and they treated the company as just a place they were. Yeah, a place where I pay my bills. Yeah. That's where I get a better No, job. not just a place where they pay their bills. It's a place where I struggle to pay my bills. I struggle to pay my bills. Yeah. So now here's here's the kicker. As I was sorry, talking about. Sir, as you're going to unfold the thought, just want everybody to know, go ahead and yeah. raise your hand. If you have a question or a comment, feel free to raise your hand. Go ahead, Sorrel. So just to put a comma or maybe a semicolon on the conversation because we're still unfolding it, is that when those four things aren't adequately taken care of, and as an employer, I don't make it my business to make sure that my employees can do that, what emerges in the environment that is my company is a default environment, a default environment, and it's You mentioned it earlier. It's in the blind spot, right? It's a default environment given by scarcity, individualism, where all the speaking, all the talking, all the listening, and all the acting is all in order to survive, win, and avoid losing at all costs. Yes, That's what employees are doing. That's what I'm doing. It becomes, um, I don't like to use this word, but a, a, a fear-based environment or toxic environment. I don't know. Yeah. One, one of those. No, let's open it up. Thank you, Sorrel. This was phenomenal. Rashid, I see your hand is up. 
Thank you. Uh, Go ahead and unmute yourself. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, David. Oh my goodness, sir. It's amazing how you hoping this topic this morning. Yesterday I have a business um business meeting. First time with my no, they are my business partners. And one of the things that I I am purchasing a building, but I needed partnership. So eventually they came in and we work out everything. But the building come with a four four bedroom little house. I would say seven miles from the building. And he, it's in the in the contract. And I was telling my business partner, he said, oh, what are you doing with the small house? I said, oh, the small house is for my employees. And they said, oh, which employees? You have, I have eight girls. I have two, two, two gentlemen and the rest of the six is, is ladies. And he says, what? I said, yes, I'm going to host them. He said, they look at me like I have like 10 heads, 10 heads. I was like, why? And they, I said, listen, those people don't work for me, they work with me. And Cyril, you gave the points, clear, clear points. Well taken, well taken because that's how I feel about each one of those individuals that work with me, not for me. And my business part of them says, where you come from? How did you came up with such idea? I say, what I want for myself is what I'm going to do for someone else. So, Sarah, the point that you make this morning is the point that is is the is the principle that I work with my employees. And trust me, when new new girls them come into the group, I don't train them. They same one train each others. I, as a matter of fact, I have two young ladies that I send and pay, and I don't met them yet. But the relationship that I build with who is in the group or is in the business or in the company is the one they pass and they say, oh, she's a sweetheart, she's an angel. She, they just treasure me because of what I give back to each one of those individuals that work with me. Thank you so much, Seren. Thank you very much for the point this morning. Mm, Rashida, thank you for creating family in your business. Uh, you know, many of you may be solopreneurs and you might be thinking, ah, maybe this conversation is not for me. Uh, what I'm discovering is the same way you care about the employees. Sometimes as a solopreneur in my business, I don't care for myself that way. So the absence or the lack of these four things being present at an optimum level impact my performance as an individual. So as a solopreneur, I ask you to look, are you taking care of you, your physiological needs, your safety needs, your love and belonging needs? Are they being met at the level where it frees up your brain to do the real work of growing your business? What I'm discovering is unless your brain is freed up, it automatically stays in the default environment. I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to work real hard to win and avoid losing. Thank you, Zarel. Thank you. Lela, go ahead. Good morning, and I'll be very quick. 
Um, what happened to me? Uh, and, and Sorrel sort of threw me off when he said that about solopreneur because basically that I, that's what I am. But let me get to my main point. I had worked 35 years uh, and, and uh, for other people. And the last 20 years of the company I worked for really cared about me. But I left them because I had to travel so much and I was tired of the travel. So I came home full time. And because of these things that you all have talked about, the way you, that your employers make you feel and, and all those things, when I came back home full time, I knew that I wasn't going to work anybody else's job, that I was going to work for myself. And I, I didn't know at first what I was going to do. And I had to jump through some hoops to be to learn how to be successful in my business. But now getting to what Sorrell just said. Uh, I had a what my sister calls a self-care deficit, and I didn't realize it. It was just work, 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 work all of the time, early in the morning, late at night, and all of that. But I have finally learned that I have to love myself and take care of myself as I as I wanted my employers to be concerned and care and about me. With that, I'm complete. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lela. Thank you very much, Lela. Yes, and um, we have a comment, Sorel, from Ronald Bertrand. Monsieur Bertrand, yes. Yes, and he says that uh, making the transition from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur is one that one needs to really take time to decide, he, he says, Ronald Bertrand says. And, um, and that's very true. And and the best thing is to do is to jump and and hope that the and the parachute will jump will open at some point. Yeah, you know, uh, you just jump. <laughs> just just jump, but jump with your eyes wide open. Um, because when you jump, you're saying yes to a myriad of things that have nothing to do with the specialty that you have that you're so skilled at. And that you want to do for yourself because you don't you no longer want to work for the man <laughs> you know the minute you jump you you become the man and and being the owner of a business whether you're a solopreneur or running a business of 200 people comes with the responsibility of designing the business such that the business takes care of those needs now, at first, it might look like what people in business call a J-curve, where the business loses a little money to take care of that, or you don't make as much profit to take care of that. But I guarantee you, in the long run, you will be more profitable and you will be freer because the people in the business will run the business for you and you get to be free. No, Sorel, I think that no planning, no amount of planning will give you a sense of how much one needs to reinvent yourself for the possibility of growing a, a, a business or taking something on your own. And it won't happen until you jump. And so uh, you got to jump. And I don't know any successful person that didn't jump and didn't go really low for a while. So you got to jump for a little bit of while thank you sorrel today was a phenomenal conversation sorrel um it's two minutes after the 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 half hour sorrel any last thoughts you want to say 
Um, I'm delighted I jumped. So I recommend if you're considering jumping and you're sitting on the edge or you sit on the fence, jump. And when you jump, engage in the work of looking at how you provide those four needs for yourself and for the people who work with you, whether they're your employees, your clients, or your vendors. And your business will thrive beyond your wildest dream. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sorrel. Thank you all for being here, for stopping by. We love you. We adore you. Thank you for making the Daily Huddle a place where you start your day because we say here the way you start your day gives you the rest of your life. Bye-bye. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud from your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time.